Welcome to Bonus Barrel. I'm Rob, and with me is... Shelby! And Lef! Seiji didn't want to come today. No Seiji. Is that is that his reasoning? I just didn't want to come today. <laughs> I think so. <laughs> That's what he said. Pretty, pretty much. Oh jeez. Kind of something along those lines. You just he was skipping this one. So if anybody's upset, you can say, uh, "Let's bring about arbitrary hashi hashtag why Seiji." Need more Seiji. <laughs> no needs more Seiji. I like why Seiji more because then it puts blame on Seiji. <laughs> oh. But. On a positive note with Seiji, as many people who at least follow us on the on the uh, what what are the kids called the tweeters the tweet the tweets the tweets, uh, we have shirts for that Seiji's wife made for us Ooh. bonus barrel shirts they're quite bonus fancy swag quite fetching these shirts limited run only because we we don't sell them so <laughs> pretty cool well, well like, even talks about giving some out so yeah you know, yeah so that's something I don't know maybe we'll do another like. Uh contest like when i gave away caro blaster we had like three entries (laughs) yeah we'll see because i know i don't know how many extra shirts there are but there's a few there's Um, four just four so maybe we'll we'll, i think we're 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 mulling around what to do with these four shirts right now um so maybe we'll do something fun with them i think we should but i don't think we've just just we haven't reached a conclusion on it though so that's right but look forward to maybe some news in the future on how to get one of four exclusive bonus exclusive. girl t-shirts exclusive <laughs> this thing you can walk around the street and have nobody know what they are or recognize it at all hey what's why are you wearing barrels on your shirt actually someone asked me that why is there barrels on your shirt <laughs> Uh, be, you're so indie, like yeah, it's just just like you like yeah. a hipster guy. Oh, it's just an indie gaming podcast, you know. Yeah, you wouldn't know about it, bro. Yeah. <laughs> you wouldn't even, you wouldn't know. Because those are uh, people who listen to our show who talk like that. I think they all do. I mean, have you heard P P One talk? P One. He's in Barry right now at the Games Exchange. What an asshole! I wish I was there. Yeah, what an asshole going to have <laughs> Not fair. He doesn't even like games anymore. Why would he even go? Oh, probably just to sell his games. Ooh. It makes it makes more uh, sense. I'm sure there's more to do than just that. No, I don't think he buy. I think he's, he even said he's all digital now or some shit. He's going into digital. Sean is a disappointing human being. Oh my god. His brother. His brother is is only slightly worse, but his brother just had a kid, so I guess I can count that as a reason to give up everything that makes you happy. But he he Sean, or Mark, Sean P1 has older kids, so you know. He doesn't have that excuse anymore. He should still. He should be regaining his happiness, not giving it away. And I yes, I equate happiness with material goods. Hey, that's what happiness is, that's right? Just the world we we're, live we're in. gonna be nice and supportive this episode, right, Roberto? To each other, yes. Yeah. To, just to each other. <laughs> to this asshole. Okay. All right. Speaking of supportive guys, last week I was at work and I came up with a thing that I want. I want it. Mm-hmm. Um, I gotta make it related to games first. You guys ever play Box Boy? Nope. Left, did you play Box Boy last we, year? We, we played it for the show. Yeah, you, did you play it too? Oh, the second one? No, I didn't. No, it is any, anyway, I mean, yes, I just couldn't remember if you'd played it. Box Boy was fun, right? Yeah. You, yeah. yeah, boxes, you, you made boxes. Well, this has nothing to do with Box Boy. I oh, okay. want to sleep in a box. I think that I want a box, a cardboard box, and I've been telling this to people. I want a cardboard box that fits mine and Megan's bed perfectly. It's just a giant cardboard box you put the mattresses in the bed 
It has flaps, so you can close and open it. Looks like a box. It's a box. Um, it's not a coffin. It's not a crib. Those those things have been brought up. I'm I'm putting a kibosh on those right away. It's just a giant box. Think about what you could do inside of a box. You could put sticky notes in there, little notes. You know, little another little tiny box glued to the inside of the box to put your cell phone in there. I could have like a, a, a side flap and put another tiny box against that and let Mog have that box. He likes boxes too. Yeah, well, that was my first thought. Is that you're just trying to be a big cat. Well, <laughs> it, it, he looks so comfy in his box. I, I've bought Mog expensive cat trees and I still think he uses his box more than me and I'm missing out. Same. Same I'm missing out. Newt, my cat Newton, he's, he's always in a box. Megan um, always complains that there's not enough light or there's always too light. There's too much light no matter what. Guess where there's no light inside a box? Because it's dark. Why don't you guys just get better curtains? You're missing the point. No, I'm not. You said Megan always complains there's there's too much light and it's just get better curtains. <laughs> yeah, it, All right, the but, solution is to uh, sleep in a box. That's yeah. not the reason. That's just an excuse to get Megan on board. Okay. I want the box because I think it would be cozy. And, and I was thinking you could do cute things. Like you buy it, like you could you could get stickers to put on the outside of the box, like fragile or, or <laughs> this end up or, uh, you know... We can poke some holes in the box that makes it look like there's an animal inside. What's the box made of? You just sleep around cardboard? I'm thinking like this reinforced cardboard with, that's maybe uh, water resistant and smells good. But otherwise, it's just cardboard, yeah. But getting yeah, it, There it, are it, better things than cardboard. It's no. porous, it, too. You could you can breathe through it. Yeah, but it's still like getting into and out of bed. I know there's going to be like some sort of door, but you're still yeah, making it a little more challenging to get into and out of bed. Oh, uh, but imagine how cozy you'd be in that box. You know, I'm not sure I'd be any more cozier. No, oh man, I want to really be. Don't. I want to be surrounded on all all sides when I'm in bed. I want to I, I be. What I like boxed. the idea of is like a panic room bed. So you're let's let's make the bed like this box, your cardboard, yeah, out of yeah. like reinforced steel. And, oh, then that, and then that way, if you ever get invaded while you're asleep, you just you're already in your panic room. It's just suff- suffocating then because it's still it's too thick; you can't break out. No, this a, got a box this, I can bust out. This got it. No, this is super advanced. There's like a button you can push, and like the ceiling just like retracts and such. So yeah, but let, let me let me let me throw this out there to you, okay? A world. This is a world with a lot of uh, a lot of space problems. Okay, these boxes. They're corners that can be reinforced, and you could stack the beds. You could fit like six beds in one room. All these people, the, their own bed, their own box. <laughs> you could have like six people all just chilling. But, you know, like as a kid, as a kid, if you ever had bunk beds as a kid, bunk beds, you put the curtains all around, or you put blankets all around the bottom bunk. That made the bottom bunk a lot cooler than the top bunk, because everybody wants top bunk. Top bunk's great. You're up in the air. You're you're feeling the breeze. But man, you gotta make the best of, the, of a shitty situation. You surround that bottom bunk with blankets. You've got yourself a little fort. A fort? That's like one step away from a box. <laughs> box forts are great as kids. So are you like anti-claustrophobic? Because that if you're claustrophobic, you would not want to sleep in a box. Maybe I am. Maybe I'm the claustrophobic person's nightmare. Give me your. I'm gonna surround myself. <laughs> well, okay. I th- I think it's a great idea. And I don't. I, I just wanted to, to why, share with my closest friends. But why would you want it friends. to be made out of cardboard? Well, just just because my aesthetics is, I think it's funny that it's a box. Okay. You know, it, can, it doesn't have to be cardboard, but it can't be anything that I can't break in case I need to get out. So have you? But ever, you can just like, transform, right? Well, yeah, but for a normal person. <laughs> have you ever like slept in like a canvas bed that has just like the 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 cloth kind of? 
No, but that sounds and, nice. Not yeah, quite the same. No, but, uh, no, but like it's it's you know partly there anyways. Maybe I'm just jealous of my cat <laughs> because he looks he looks so happy whenever he's in his box. He's Cats just rolling around, he's boxes. flopping. I think it would be fun, but I never. Oh, actually, what prompted is someone ordered. I think we got new couches at work. And there was a gigantic box, and I was looking at that box, and it was full of, like, plastic <laughs> and shit. Like, I really want to jump in this box right now, and uh, but I couldn't because I was at work. And I just thought, that's what prompted the whole, I want to sleep in a box. Can, As a kid. I just see that. There's a big box, and I just see you, like, walking around and being like, I could totally fit in that box. It's actually, I was, it was glass doors, and I was on the other side of the glass door staring. I was like, I really want to get in that box. That's what happened. Um, oh, shit, I was going to say something about, Fuck. Fuck! Shit! Ugh. I don't remember. Well, just a quick question. Do you feel like you'd be more safe in the box or less safe in the box? I think more safe, for sure. I just, uh... I don't know. I feel like they'd yeah. interrupt your sight lines to, like, where your door is, so somebody could come in and you wouldn't see them, and then they would just have to, like, burn the box while you're inside. Yeah, but they'd Whoa. also be very confused about why there's a fact there's a giant box in someone's bedroom. That may throw them yeah. off long enough. To <laughs> they would open it up. And then I would punch them in the face and attack them. And they were like, oh my god, I thought it was going to be treasure in this box. <laughs> think about all the theme, think about the theme boxes you could have too. You could have, if, if, you, if cardboard's not your jam, plastic box. Maybe you want, maybe like a jack in a box box. Maybe you want a, a box like that. Maybe oh, uh, a giant it, console box. Oh, you, could, Rob you could have like a camouflage box where it just looks yeah. like your wall. So when someone yeah, opens sure. the room, they don't even notice. You could have the box with a bunch of boxes, so then we don't even know which part they open first. <laughs> this is an amazing idea. Frankly, I'm a little disappointed at the lack of support from people who have told us to, who <laughs> don't seem to get that a, sleeping in a giant box is amazing. P, P1. No, P2. I know you're out there. Back me up, man. This is like wearing uh, having a, a TV in your face, which is why he <laughs> wants a VR. I, but I just want a, a giant box. Man. You're, you, whatever, guys. I just I think it's a great idea. I wouldn't like a box, but there are cool things like little alcoves that you can build inside your room that are cool. You but. know, Megan and I, we always we've always said that we don't really care about our bedroom because all of our cool shits not in our bedroom and we just sleep in there. Um, but so I was thinking, if I if I was moving it and I want to get the most out of a place, if I could rearrange the place in any way I want, the bedroom would be like a tiny room that fits the bed. And then drawers on the walls for shelves or for clothing, and like a big closet, and that would be it. That would be my bedroom because I don't I don't use it otherwise. It'd be the rest would be a gigantic game room, or I would also like to have waterways in my in a house so I can <laughs> swim wherever I wanted to go. Really, just want a built-in lazy river inside my house, <laughs> and then it floats to my box. <laughs> Your soggy box. Yeah, so that's, so that's why I just want to talk about box bed. I think it's great. Good stuff. Uh, oh, one other real, real quick thing. I was playing Overwatch earlier this week, and I got to play the game. I mean, no big deal. I always get to play the game. It's so great. Uh, so, but of course, my name in Overwatch is Cobb, and that, that's fine. And so it came up, and in, in the Discord chat, naturally we chanted Cobb, Cobb, Cobb. But then somebody in the chat in the uh, game, the game text chat, who I don't know, and I, this is, I'm sure it's a coincidence, just typed the three Bs, and I'm thinking. That's so familiar to the uh, Cobb's thing, but there's no fucking way it's some rando guy. I'm pretty sure all of our listeners are from Cartridge Club, so there's no way that some this rando happens to listen. So I just thought it was interesting. You said the three Bs? Yeah. What does when, that when, mean? I don't, I don't know what when, that is. When Cobb was on the screen, he said the three Bs. 
Cobb, booze, bitches, Xboxes. Oh, yeah. Which yeah. I typed, and there's no response, so I'm sure it was a response was was a coincidence. But yeah, I, I know it's the other thing. Like I think it's like booze bros and and uh, probably bitches. I think that's the, like the real thing that Cobb modeled his lifestyle after. I just it was just a coincidence at all that I found funny. But if you are that person, if for some weird, there's no way. But for some weird reason, you were listening to us. Uh, send me a message. He he was uh maybe he was good. I can't remember. I get more shit, but it's your turn to talk. Well, do you want to make a game off a movie? I'm always down for making okay. a game off of a movie. Unless Shelby wants to do it instead. Nope. I didn't think so. Yep, give it to me. After deciding to sell their zoo in India and move to Canada, <laughs> Santosh and Gita Patel board a freighter with their sons and a few remaining animals. Tragedy strikes when a terrible storm sinks the ship, leaving the Patel's son as the only human survivor. However, he is not alone. A fearsome Bengal tiger has also found refuge aboard the lifeboat. <laughs> as days turn into weeks and weeks drags into months, the boy and the tiger must learn to trust each other if both are to survive. Okay, so this is a, we're going to go early 90s. No, we're going to go late 80s, early 90s. Developers probably haven't even seen the movie. They just received that plot outline. Their interest is gone. They don't care about the little boy. Instead, they want to focus on the animals. So those animals that get lost, they sh- they crash on a, on a weird island, and you play as one of four different animals. Uh, you, you can have like a giraffe and uh, like, a, like a little rodent and maybe a, a monkey and let's say a hippo. And each one of these has a, a different environment ability. So, you know, the giraffe will let you reach tall places. The hippo will be a charge. It can break boulders. The rat gets through small places. And the monkey is like your, your all-around guy and you can climb and stuff. So you have to make, make yourself a way through the island, through, let's say, six grueling stages of action-packed mayhem that pushes the, the envelope for whatever. Let's say an arcade. It's a giant cabinet. Lots of dings and bing, 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 bing noises. And players can play together so that the rat and the monkey... Like the the monkey can throw the rat, or 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 they could climb the giraffe, and uh, it has some really cool eight bit tunes. Uh, so beep boop boop. And anyways, the the goal of the game is to get to the boat. You find the boat, and and then there's like one. The ending is one screen. It has the the boy and the tiger, and then the animals running to the boat, and it just says congratulate sons, you have won a great game. They they don't even bother to translate it properly because this is developed by Konami, and they didn't they didn't care whether they localized it. And that's that's Life of Pi, right? Yeah, yeah. I was I, I just recognized it from the boat and the tiger. I, fig- I, f- I figured the Bengal tiger on a boat would give it away. But yeah, I'd never seen know. the movie though, so yeah, me neither. Yeah. But uh, I don't know, man. I'm not. Uh, I don't think that was your best work. I just. What are you uh, talking about? I think that was my favorite, my best one. See, because it just the whole arcade cabinet. Like half, of it, half of the movie. Yeah, I know. That's what made it funny. That's the <laughs> that's the joke because they do that shit all the time. No, no, no. Th- that's fine. It's a whole arcade cabinet, like. Why would you have a game where there's yeah. a mechanic where you 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 need multiple people to play to activate the mechanic? It's like, but you're saying that like the rat can throw them or the monkey can yeah, throw yeah, the rat. Yeah, you can work together. Otherwise, you can still get by on yourself. You probably switch okay. characters. Okay, I, I imagine you could switch. I just figured there'd be a really good mechanic. They they tested it. They know how to play. All right, they make all right. the game. I just it, fe- it doesn't feel like a, a an arcade game. I kind of like the arcade it, idea. It feels like an old NES. Maybe maybe it gets title. ported to the NES. Yeah, uh, and they maybe in the arcade game version, it's probably easier. Well, no, it's harder, but it's like easier. You know what I mean? Like it's a shorter version of the game, but you, you have to pump enough quarters in. 
But with the the NES one, you're just switching characters. It's probably a little bit harder. Lots of like uh, of game overs and stuff. Yeah. Whatever, guys. Oh, Shelbs, you heard about the thing for the 3DS? No. What thing for the 3DS? They're remaking Apollo Justice. The, oh, uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay. Well, you can't say thing for the 3DS and be like, that's really, I, really I figured you, I'm sorry. I just, <laughs> How I did you, you not hear about the thing for I, the 3DS? I did, well, I didn't want to take it from you. I thought you would instantly be like, yes, Apollo Justice. Or you could be like, objection. <laughs> I, I already I already knew. <laughs> Well, are you excited? You don't, do you even care? I mean, you don't really need to care because you have it for the 3DS, or the DS, right? I don't have it. No, I played. I bored it from somebody when I played it. No, I'm surprised you don't own it. It's a really hard game to come across. It's like 50 bucks on Amazon, I think. Yeah, it's... it's, it's I don't have it either, yeah. surprisingly. Is it, which one it's is though. it? It's the, it's the fourth one, technically. Um, it takes place, I think, seven, seven or eight years after the third game. Really? Is that much of a jump? Oh, yeah. Damn. I gotta get back to that does, does he start and, uh, to age at Phoenix all? Phoenix is a dirty hobo in it. Not really actually a dirty hobo, but he just kind of gave up on life. <laughs> it's really funny. So what, Phoenix is like 30 in, in the new in the games after that point? Yeah. I feel like I could relate to him more He's already. And that makes that makes the whole him and Maya thing a little less weird. I mean, given that at that uh, point, she's like 28 and he's probably yeah. like 31. Hashtag MBD. I don't. Let them, <laughs> let them eat cake, Shelby. You hate those two together, don't you? Well, it's not. It has nothing to do with age. It just has to do with I don't. I don't know. I just don't see them as a good. I mean, they're fun when they're friends together, but that's it. But I think they're cute. They. they uh, it, it depends, I guess. On. He's on kind of thing. dumb. I think. Uh, I think that they go well together. Which is weird because he has a. He's his job as a lawyer. Typically, you can't be dumb as a lawyer, but. He's, he's kind of dumb. He's not. He he's dumb, dumb in certain ways. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like socially dumb. He's not yeah. like he's not stupid. Obviously, yeah, yeah. you play through the game as a like a lawyer that gets more shit done than any other lawyer could possibly do because mm-hmm. you're going yeah. around actually investigating the crimes. I don't yeah, think exactly. lawyers do that in, in a very fake court of law where things do not really make any sense. Uh, I don't exactly. think they'd ever like go out into the field to gather shit, but they definitely go through like records and definitely have to stop by places like the police station often i imagine so i feel like i'm in, oh you mean like real lawyers yes yeah so i've been like a phoenix i'm like, pretty sure i remember investigating crime scenes <laughs> as, as a lawyer yeah, yeah i don't know i wonder what a good lawyer does we we know a lawyer through a cartridge club <laughs> so if that latino lawyer wants to tell us if you tell us how accurate phoenix right is yeah could you, if you could just send us, down, a, send us a voice clip and we'll play the next episode <laughs> <laughs> No, uh, I'll, I'll ask him for it, and I'll put it in right here. This is Shelby from Bonus Barrel. Um, it probably sounds like I introduced myself twice in a row uh, because I edited this part in the episode, but that's fine because we have super cool guests here, and, and, uh, and I'm excited uh, because he's going to answer some hard-hitting questions for us. Um, I'm not entirely sure why we haven't asked uh, for him to be on the show yet, uh, but anyway, without waiting any longer, please introduce yourself, uh, esteemed guest of Bonus Barrel. Thank you, Shelby. My name is Diego Avila. Uh, people on Twitter know me as a Latino lawyer. If you guys don't follow him on Twitter, you should. Uh, you're part of the Cartridge Club too, right? That is correct. Awesome. Uh, anyway, so I'm just going to jump right in. Uh, so the first question is, what is your favorite color? Uh, red. Okay. All right. That's good. I'll just write that down. 
so <laughs> the reason why uh, we wanted to ask you on the show is because every time we talk about um, Phoenix Wright, we always talk about how he goes like above uh, above and beyond and how he does so much more work than what we assume uh, a regular um, attorney does. Uh, <laughs> it's because he's so, awesome. Yeah, um, and that's why uh, we're we're asking for your for your super educated opinion because you are a lawyer. <laughs> All right. Uh, so first question uh, in Ace Attorney, uh, Phoenix Wright has a very uh, unusual career. Uh, have you ever cross examined an animal, or has anyone used an animal as evidence in any cases that you've uh, that you've been on? I- I've never cross examined anything other than a human. Um, <laughs> Sometimes they're on, like, the fringe definition of human, but always human. Okay. All right. <laughs> Darren, I was hoping for an animal, but that's fine. <laughs> All right. Um, okay, here's the next question. Phoenix, uh, sometimes when he uh, ends up defending someone, the way he uh, gets his clients or the way he comes across his clients is a little weird. Uh, most of the time it's he's just so happens to be in another room when somebody else is murdered and nobody sees it. And that's how he kind of picks up his clients because they're like, oh, Phoenix, you have to defend me. Um, has that ever happened to you? Like, have you ever had an unusual encounter uh, that, I don't know, may- maybe it wasn't the, the most normal way of, uh, of getting a client, but anything like that? Oh, yeah, totally. So when I was, um, when I was first starting my my solo law practice. I had worked with a law firm for a few years, uh, mm-hmm. but I got tired of working for other people and I wanted to work for myself for a while. Mm-hmm. When you start out, it's really, really difficult financially and you get a little scared. And so somebody once told me, you know what you need to do, Diego, is you need to go to the courthouse and you need to storm up and down the hallways on your <laughs> cell phone, call your sister, call your mom, call whoever, someone that won't mind if you yell at them saying, I saved your ass and you need to pay. So I used to do stuff oh. like that. <laughs> for like Oh really? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And and, and it, it never worked except for one time. And oh I gosh. I mean I only did it for like a week, but it was when I was like terribly, you know, afraid of uh God, where's the next client gonna come and you know, mm-hmm. my wife is gonna kill me because we're having a hard time paying mortgage and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um and and it worked. Uh, and then I never did it again because I was so, I was so embarrassed over that. That's, that's amazing. That is actually really, really amazing. Wow. I mean, whatever works, but anyway, um, so, uh, the next question I have is about, I guess your process. So in Ace Attorney, uh, one of the, I guess, biggest mechanics is going out uh, where the crime scene is, uh, usually like in or around the area where the actual thing happened. Uh, And that's where you gather like your evidence and your clues and whatever. And I think a lot of people assume that this is a job that the police or like the prosecution and stuff do. Um, Can you tell us if this is something that you've done before or is it regular for like a lawyer to do that or do you just leave it up to the police and stuff? I think if... um... If a lawyer wants his client to go to jail, mm-hmm. uh, he'll let the police handle all the investigation. <laughs> uh, seriously, I'm, I'm, I'm being completely serious. Okay. It's just, I thought you were going to ask me the question more along the lines of, isn't it weird that he's doing his own investigation? Shouldn't he yeah. have hired like a big hotshot private eye attorney? And I was yeah. going to say, well, it really matters how much money the client has to pay. Okay. Um, so in... 
I'm gonna get a little technical here, right? Okay. So that's fine. when when you're playing, uh, you know, the Phoenix Wright games, a lot mm -hmm. of the ways in which Phoenix like wins his cases is by getting people to like get caught up in their inconsistencies, mm -hmm. or like Phoenix will say something to catch somebody in a lie, mm -hmm. and and the judge in that game in particular, in an ace attorney, will accept the attorney's statements as fact. And that doesn't oh, okay. happen in real life. Like you can only introduce fact through a witness's testimony. So, oh. so like nothing that I would have told a judge or a jury is fact. It's just argument. So okay. if I've if I've done an investigation and it's, I mean, it's understood that I should go out and I should talk to all the witnesses that the prosecution tells me they intend to call because I want to know what they're going to say. And I should go out and, you know, if the police mm -hmm. say that, uh, that, you know, they arrested a guy and that the speed limit is 30 at that place, I'm going to go mm -hmm. and I'm going to make sure that the speed limit really is 30 there. Um, you know, so I'm always doing investigation like that. And if I mm -hmm. find something that is different from what the prosecution is saying is mm -hmm. fact, I need to have a way to get that admitted into evidence, and I can't be both the attorney and the witness. Oh. So, <laughs> if if your client has more money, easy, you hire an investigator and you go and do that. If your client doesn't have a lot of money, then you have to get creative. Then you start doing things like saying, "Okay, client's brother, you're getting in the car with me, and we're going there. What do you oh. see right there? All right? Or um, you know, you you have to find a way to get somebody else to introduce." that in evidence, especially if the person that you're trying to catch in a lie refuses mm -hmm. to admit that he lied. So I could say, you know, as the attorney, you know, hey, you said you were there at nine o'clock, but mm -hmm. isn't it really true you didn't get there until 930? You know, hey, mm -hmm. and, and sometimes that would be enough if the person knew that they were lying just to say, isn't it really true that this has happened? Um, sometimes they would admit to it and sometimes they double down and they, they stick with the lie and then you have to have a backup plan. Oh my goodness. Wow. <laughs> so you do do a lot of legwork, like you said, depending on how much money the person has. Oh wow. Okay. Yeah, yeah totally. All right. Um, I guess this kind of goes hand in hand with what you just said. Um, the other part of the game is where you listen to like witness testimony, press for information, you know, and if they are lying, uh, you ultimately just tear them and their statements to shreds uh, with the evidence and stuff that you have. Is cross-examining a witness like that intense in real life? Like, are there theatrics and stuff? Because you know how sometimes in Phoenix, right? Like, I don't know. I think in the third game, like Godot, like throws a cup of coffee at Phoenix or something. Uh, I don't know if it ever gets that out of hand. <laughs> No, I'm, a judge is going to want to maintain some decorum in his courtroom, but mm -hmm. um, you, you definitely do get voices raised, even, you know, on the verge of some type of shouting, if it's well-timed. Like, if the judge understands, okay, this is really the heated issue, and you're, mm -hmm. you know, you're wanting to put pressure on the witness to see if he caves under pressure, he'll let you kind of, like, in a very loud voice, mm -hmm. say come on, you know that that's not true or something like that. You know, I'm giving a bad example. But um, in terms of throwing an object, you're going to get in trouble. Um, 
And and in the U.S. anyways, uh, Mm -hmm. the last thing you want is to be put in contempt because you can spend an indefinite amount of time in jail uh, for contempt of court. Yeah. So it's never fun. Um, But but theatrics definitely come up in terms of uh, I think cross-examination is a lot heated. There are Mm -hmm. some things you can do in cross-examination that I can't do with my own witness. Like. I can't ask my own witness leading questions like, you know, so wouldn't you agree with me or isn't it true that you can't ask your own witness that you're basically telling them what to answer. But you okay. can ask leading questions of an of uh, an opposing witness. And in cross-examination, that lets you put them in a very uncomfortable situation sometimes. Okay. Wow. Have you ever had like a witness just kind of crack on you? Like just get really mad? I, um, yeah, yeah. I, it <laughs> You know, so in Phoenix Wright Ace Attorney, the very, it, it's funny, the very first case Phoenix ever has is a murder case, right? Mm-hmm. And at the beginning of the game, the judge kind of like gives him a hard time, like, really, this is your first case? My very first criminal trial that mm-hmm. I ever had was on an assault with intent to murder. Oh my and, goodness. And my client was facing a possible punishment of life in prison. And okay. the judge pulled the same shit on me. He he knew me. He, he knew mm-hmm. that I had done work at a previous firm and that I hadn't really uh, had that many trials previously. And it was mainly for other types of law. And um, and really what it was is that I was replacing a court-appointed attorney on this case. And he okay. did not want this other attorney to be let off the hook because that guy, he didn't like him and he had a, a habit of doing this. So he was going to try and scare my client into not taking me as his his as his um attorney for trial but his Mm -hmm. parents had already paid me so i was like you better not try (laughs) and do this yeah so so basically judge like in front of um in front of the courtroom like in the last pretrial hearing is like you know uh to my client you realize your attorney has never tried a a capital case before in fact this is probably his first criminal trial isn't it and i was like yes it is your honor um and my client i think freaked out a little bit but then he realized like well my parents picked you for a reason so i guess we'll go with you and we won oh there you go awesome (laughs) this is this has been a very uh very educational 10 or so minutes <laughs> uh, okay so uh have you ever yelled objection in court yes objection okay it's fun <laughs> that's good uh, <laughs> does it get like you said people start raising their voices and stuff has has there ever been kind of like a back and forth where people are saying objection like objection this and they're like oh no objection this because that happens sometimes between like phoenix and edgeworth um i don't know if that happens to you but yeah so so the way that it works is like um i'm asking a question right and the prosecutor Mm -hmm. says objection and she has to give or he has to give um the grounds for the objection and then i'm immediately going to say no your honor that's not really why i'm asking this question i'm asking it for this other reason that's not objectionable and then they're going to jump in and say your honor that's ridiculous of course you're asking it for this and i'll go no your honor seriously all i really wanted to know was you know this thing it has nothing to do with what might be elicited as a response i have no idea what my client's going to say mm-hmm. um so yeah that happens a lot during objections but it's more for uh, I'm objecting for this reason, and then you try and convince the judge. Well, I'm not really asking that, and then the you know they go back and forth. 
Um, oh, but I realized I never answered your your last question about had I ever had a heated uh, issue with a with a witness. And anyway, so in that trial where my my client was facing uh, life in prison, he was accused of. No, oh, I he did shoot at a guy, but oh. he he claimed <laughs> oh boy. he claimed it was self defense, and okay. and our our defense was. Um, not a good one in the sense that my my client had a gun because he was afraid that his drug dealer was going to kill him and okay. the guy you know refused to admit that he was a drug dealer refused to admit that you know he knew my client refused to admit that he was going after my client for you know an unpaid uh, drug debt or something like that mm-hmm. um, and at one point he so what happened was uh, he was questioned by the prosecutor and as soon as the prosecutor was done with him he he got off the witness stand and i just mm-hmm. i just laughed and i said hello i get to ask you questions too <laughs> and everybody in the courtroom started laughing and the judge got pissed <laughs> off and he slammed his gavel and um and he like got back onto the bench and he he hated me the whole time that i oh, cross-examined no. him but i brought that up with the jury i was like hey only one person didn't want to answer my questions and i wonder why um, and uh, I think they they really did not like this guy, and uh, I'm not surprised. Wow. All right. So that's it for, I guess, super serious questions that I have. Uh, but there is uh, one question that I think everybody wants to know the answer to, and that is, who is the better-looking brother, P1 or P2? Oh, man. P1 <laughs> is my, my big old bear. Love him to death. Um, P2 is great and everything, but hey. P1 for life. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you for answering my questions. Uh, I'm sure this is going to be a wonderful surprise to everybody who listens to us. And I'm super happy uh, that you were on. This is your bonus barrel debut. <laughs> it's been a joy. Awesome. I'm, I hope I hope you had a good time. <laughs> All right. Thanks, Shelby. No trouble. Uh, right, so what else is on your mind with games? Anything? You guys care about games? Uh, I bought, uh, Diablo 3. The, the new one? Yeah, yeah. They, they, oh, right, right, I'm sorry. I've it's, oh, it's Diablo not 2. new, but, um, Aren't they remaking a Diablo? Is that, am I crazy in thinking that? I thought they were updating... doing StarCraft. I don't know about Diablo. Okay, yeah. cool. Um, I played, I played Diablo 3 for console, actually, when the console version came out. Um, it was a lot of fun, but, uh... I, I wanted to do like the they did because they did an expansion with Act Five and there's new characters and stuff like that. So I kind of just bought it for a computer the other week and it's fun. I like it. I thought it was an okay game. I thought yeah. that it was beautiful looking though. All the art, the art style was really oh, nice. Oh, big time, big time. And like I don't know. The thing too is that it's really Diablo Two is is harder to play and you know the one thing it's very. You can build your characters how you want. You know, it's one of those games. Have you ever played Diablo 2 when you were young at all? No, maybe. Uh, I may have briefly played it 
like on uh, like a friend's computer, like way after it came out. But yeah. I, it was not my type of game, and I just thought it looked kind of shitty. Yeah, and I had no interest in it. And because it's very just like like when you level up, you determine where all your stats go, so you can like pump everything into just one stat if you want, sort of thing. So you really are allowed to customize your character. And Diablo three is the more conventional, modern style of very cookie cutter how you build. It's just you know auto generates what you know when you level four. This is what you have at level four. So everyone is pretty much the same so it's it's just very different in, in that regards but you know i'm finding myself more or less enjoying that style of game a lot more than where you have all these options and you're just like oh my goodness i don't know what to do and if i feel like i make a mistake i'm gonna have to live with that mistake in this game for so long so you know when you play this game that's just pure cookie cutter where it's just like oh here's your level here's your stuff you get for this level it kind of it kind of gets rid of the stress of me having to decide things and fear I screwed it up. So it's, uh, I don't know, I guess when I was younger, I used to love being able to do things myself, but now I just want to play and not have to worry about all that kind of stuff. That makes sense. So. Yeah, yeah, I know exactly what you mean, actually. I don't really care about min-maxing as much as I used to. Yeah, yeah. I, I used to love it, and now I'm just like, I don't want to do it. It's just more micromanagement for I don't like the thing is is that if I'm in like if I want to micromanage I'll play an RTS if I want to dungeon crawl and hack and slash my way through a video game then you know I don't want to have to worry about that kind of stuff that's right yeah. stats no big deal no big stats yeah um stats what I'm talking about oh. fat stats of cash <laughs> Shelby uh <laughs> anything with video games with you Uh, I've been paying, playing a little bit of Minecraft lately just because, like... Cool. Yeah, I'll just go back to it after they've updated it after, like, four months and then just kind of go and see all the new stuff that they've made or added and then uh, play it for a little bit and then drop what? it again for, like, another yeah. four months. That's typically how I do it, too. What, what's new? Anything new? Yeah, what's new? Well, on the, on the console version, um, they added... I don't even know what they're called. I think they called them villas? And they're essentially, well, when I found one, or when I was playing with uh, Kevin of Namecast and then my brother, and mm -hmm. we were, <laughs> I don't know, like, we spawned next to some, like a, like a forest area, and it was around the corner of, a, like, a, a hill or a mountain, and then we just saw this big fancy house, and we were like, what the fuck is this? So we went over, like, jumping on the treetops, and we broke in through the top window, um, because we didn't see, like, any entrance or anything. Uh, well, we would later when we actually, uh, got in. But, like, we went in, and there are... We thought they were friendly villagers, because I went in first, and I was like, oh, hey, there's some dudes in here. And then one immediately comes over and kills me in two hits with an axe. And I was like, what the shit just happened? Because we just Was started... he a villager? Was he, like, in a villager skin? No, Did like, you... I just... I hadn't seen them before, and the closest thing mm. that they resembled to me, or that I had seen in Minecraft, was a villager. Uh, so I was like, if this is just a rant, like, whatever. And I'm not used to, like, there being mobs that look like villagers or people being, like, aggressive and trying to kill yeah. you. So I just assumed they were peaceful. But no, they fucking brought their axes out and tried to kill us. And they definitely succeeded that on, with that on more than one occasion. Um, there are, like, wizards and, like... Witches. Well, yeah. No, I mean, in this house. Oh, there's new ones? Just yeah, wizards, Yeah, well, too? I don't know if they're called wizards. But anyway, um, eventually what that turned into was we just kind of kept dying, respawning, running back to the house, and 
we kind of came up with this like tactic of uh, just kind of kiting around them while we all kind of gang beat them with our with our swords <laughs> and stuff. So eventually, we killed everybody inside the house. Mm-hmm. We ransacked all their stuff and then we burnt it down. So damn, yeah, damn, I don't know, girl. Like, <laughs> Minecraft one hundred and one. Yeah, but it was it was funny. Just the That's initial cool. uh, interaction with them. I never heard of this villa before. Um, I wonder. I wonder if like you just like caught them during the purge and they were all like, <laughs> crazy and maybe that's why they were attacking you. But... I don't know. He stood there for a second before killing me, and I thought, oh, this guy's pretty, pretty all right. And then the axe came out. So, <laughs> is, is there um, in Minecraft the Minecrafts? Mm-hmm. Is there multiplayer servers with randos? Uh, they exist, yeah, but it's not something that you just, like, log into the game and, like, join a server. You kind of need to go online to, like, a forums, find people Gross. that are, that have an open server. There's no, there's no just, like, public open server maintained by Microsoft. It's people run their own, and some people just want to have people play, and they'll, you can join, but. Mm-hmm. That's too bad. Yeah, you're kind of right. It's an infinite world, uh, theoretically. And I, I just get lonely in those games. It's too big, and then I feel like, like maybe, maybe I get like existential, mm-hmm. uh, like like in reality, I'm like, ah, there's, there's, I can go anywhere, but there's nothing there. It's just all lonely and emptiness everywhere I go. What's the point? Mm-hmm. And then I don't want to play anymore. But if I knew that I could come come across some rando, then I would feel more interested in playing him. Also, when I build shit, I don't really want to build just for me. I want other people to see it, mm-hmm. even if it's cra- even if it's crappy. Um, so yeah, it's uh, it's why that's a turnoff for me for Minecraft. It's one reason why I don't really like that's, to play it. Uh, they have it for PS4 now, right? I think probably. Yeah, uh, th- coming up for think... Switch. Oh, oh yeah, and it's gonna be cross-platform, I think. Yeah. Soon, yeah. but um, the reason why I like playing Minecraft on console is because it's not just a giant infinite world. It's you have your set area, and the drawbacks to that are like once you've explored it all, you've explored it all. But uh, I find just in that one area that they give you, uh, which is pretty big. Um, there's a lot, a lot of stuff to do and you'll probably, uh, it'll take you a while, I think, before you get bored. And that's, you know, I, when I do play Minecraft, I do usually play it with other people. Um, so yeah, you should get it for PS4. I'll probably get it for Switch. I I mean, I have to get it for Switch because it's a physical copy. Uh, it seems like, uh, people build crazy shit in Minecraft and I don't understand why. They have, they have llamas now? Yeah, and oh, the cute. llamas can make. Well, I assume they've been on the PC for a while, but they just added them to the console version. And the llamas, af- when you lead them in a straight line, they'll kind of, on their own, form into like a caravan. So it's pretty cute. The problem with with them is all the infighting and people turning on each other and stuff. Uh, I think because of all llama. the llama. Jeez. Like drama. All the llama drama. Oh, no. Llama drama. <laughs> yeah, I just I uh, I'm not. I, I wouldn't I'm not a PC master race person particularly, but I don't think I would ever play Minecraft on console. It's, you know, it's I guess too it all weird. Has to do with preference, I guess. Yeah. It's kind of a negative term when you think about it. PC master race. Yeah, I agree. Given I like the it. current um, political, the way the world's going. <laughs> just seems oh, we gotta like... talk about it follows. Oh, hey, let's talk about that before we go on our topic. Shelby and I, every two weeks, we watch a horror movie together because we're, we're actually friends in real life. <laughs> Except the uh, one exception that one time was watching yeah, the Dragon Ball movies. So. That Dragon was Ball a wonderful movies. exception. This yeah. time we watched It Follows, mm-hmm. uh, a sexually transmitted metaphor um, in the form of a monster. Demons. Demons. Yeah, STDs. What do you do if you're dating a Christian guy who has had premarital sex and is not regretful about it? As you may have heard me say before, 
When you have sex under these circumstances, you get an STD, a sexually transmitted demon. That's why the Bible says, stop, stay away from it, flee fornication. So this movie's premise probably doesn't come from that. Uh, let's just do that clip. There we go. Yeah, so basically this, this movie is whenever you have sex with someone, if you're cursed, mm-hmm. the uh, the monster, the demon monster, will just start walking towards you. That's it. It walks at you at, at a regular walking pace. It can look like other things. How threatening. It can look like other people. Yeah, uh, like people you know or love or, or anything. Or, or mostly just naked. Mostly naked women, it seems. Yeah. <laughs> um, and it just walks at you. And no matter where you go, so you can r- run away, it will just walk. If it gets up to catch up to you, though, it has, like, super strength. So it will beat, it will kill you. It'll just rip you apart. Yeah. Um, can it so walk you, through things? No. Like a wall? I, no, no, it can break through them, possibly, if yeah. it's strong enough. So you basically just constantly have to be on the move. Well, not constantly. You can move, you could drive somewhere and you might have an hour. Mm-hmm. It just doesn't stop, and no one else can see it unless they've unless they've also been bumped, like fucked by the people who've been cursed. Yeah. So, but it can interact with other people, as as seen in the movie. Mm-hmm. What do you think uh, of the movie, um, Shelley? Oh, go ahead. Well, it's the second time that I've I've seen it, and I mm. I liked it the first time I saw it. I just thought it was uh, very unsettling because uh, they talk about. I actually I don't want to ruin that for anybody. Uh, we could say spoiler alert. Spoiler alert! Then don't. <laughs> Or just skip it or whatever. But they said that the most... or I've read a few articles anyway about the movie because it's really like the concept itself is kind of like, oh, it's the sexually transmitted demon that follows you, blah, blah, blah. But um, there were people who wrote articles talking about how the actual most unsettling part of the movie is that you don't know the time period that it takes place in because it seems like it takes place in like you know, current, like, you know, where we are now kind of thing. But the technology in it and some of the stuff that you see is from, like, a, uh, I don't know, like, 20 or 30 years before. Like, the TVs in the in the movie, they're all old. And all the television that they play is all old television, all old movies, whatever. There's a girl who has a, a cell phone, but it's oh my God, got shells so on the outside dumb. of it. And, but it's also, like, an e-reader. Don't know what the hell that is. Um, so they said it's that... It's weird because of that and because you can't pinpoint the time that it takes place in that it, it just kind of gives you like a weird feeling and something's off but you can't quite pinpoint what that is so anyway um, no it, it's it's true it, it gives like mm-hmm. an unsettling feeling of or like a, a bit of disorientation because you're not exactly yeah sure what's going on so and another thing with the movie is let's say uh you get fucked and then it's passed on to you okay mm-hmm. um in there if it it's it's kind of like a chain thing. So you're the newest person in the chain. If the thing, if the monster comes and finds you and kills you, mm-hmm. it goes back to hunting the, the person that had it before you did. Right. So th- I guess the best thing to do is to just... Go to an fu- airport. Yeah. Fuck somebody else. They'll yeah. take off. The monster will follow them. Uh, but even then, like, you have to... I think the, the best strategy would be to let other people know about this thing scare them like the other like the dude did in the movie at the beginning when he passes it on to the girl like make it as real as you possibly can for that person and get them to pass it on and just keep going because i don't know like i wouldn't want to die from that but anyway 
Yeah, terrifying. so basically, but what you do is you go online, you create a form, you somehow prove this is a real thing. Yeah. And say, okay, at this airport, this next week, we have to bump uglies with, with me. I'm going to pass it to you. You're going to then fly back to your country, mm-hmm. and then you're going to pass it on. And you just basically have airport, like a, a sex room. So they, so, they <laughs> so, so you prove it to a government official. That's the first thing you're going to do. First thing you're going to do is seduce someone from, like, the UN or seduce the president or something and have them be like, okay, quite the temptress in this whole story. It's probably me then. So I show up. I show up to the prime minister. I'm like, hey, man, you know, you're not going to believe me, but we've got to have sex. Uh, I'm from Bonus Barrel. Instantly, he's like, <laughs> he's like, cool. He drops his drawers. <laughs> cool. Uh, I, I don't know. Actually, can, does would gay sex work for the It Follows Demon? That's I can't remember. That's something that we never established either is we don't know what kind of sex it has to be to pass the demon on. Like, Right. What okay, does... so I'll sleep with his wife. Okay. And then, and then consensually. And okay. then she will sleep with him, and then then he'll be like, "Okay, now you're right. All right, mm-hmm. cool." So the first thing we gotta do is we gotta you're make right. a, we gotta make a <laughs> sex room in every airport in in Canada first, mm-hmm. and then we're gonna have like you're you're legally allowed if you have the curse, you're allowed to pass it on in one of those rooms, and then and then you know it, okay, so we so they do start doing studies, right? So this is this is this is how we're actually gonna tackle. This is how we're gonna get things done mm-hmm. once prime ministers on on board. <laughs> <laughs> or or anybody it doesn't have to be Canada obviously it could be uh, the US or or somewhere in Europe uh, some but other, that's it other country or uh, somewhere in Australia Merkel is that a person Anyways. Angela Merkel Chancellor <laughs> Chancellor of Germany yeah. <laughs> right so whatever country you happen to seduce or or convince the wife or if you're a woman you can like if Shelby wants to do it that's fine too uh, if you want to seduce a world leader, basically you have to get a world leader on board. That's step one. Yeah. Right. World leaders, world leaders behind it. Mm-hmm. Step two. All right, we got to pass the laws. Okay. So first we prove it to everybody else, or even if we don't prove it, they just make make it's the law. You got to believe. You got to do it. Sex bathroom or sex room. Make it nice. Um, you can theme it. Maybe we use some VR stuff here, so you, so you don't even have to worry about what the other person's like. You don't have to like them. You can just. Hey, I, I want to be with this person. Bam. All right. So you 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 go in. You sign a waiver. Okay, you're gonna get cursed. <laughs> you're gonna be you're gonna you're gonna be cursed now. But hey, we're gonna give you a salary every month. You're gonna get like cursed money. Cursed um, money. Yeah. Yeah. So then, so you get so they, there's documentation. They keep track of every time you pass it on. Then they keep track of from where you where you do it, from where the last sighting of the of the demon was. So it's all time. Do they know the demon's going to be at that airport within a day? Because you, mm-hmm. you you can measure how fast this thing you can, walks. You can download an app, Sex Demon Walk. Yes, that's a <laughs> perfect idea. Yes. Okay, first of all, so so I hate your idea. It's terrible. Um, what? Whoa. It's t- absolutely what? horrible. What, what, what's demon your idea? What's your idea left? You got better so, one? So, yeah, I do. It's all right, a it. lot more violent and bloody, um, but it's more – it's a solution. So okay. first of all, I haven't seen the movie, so I don't know what happens <laughs> – Eventually, if so, what happens if everyone dies who is currently cursed with this the sex curse? Does yeah, he just go yeah. away? So, no, no. so more than likely, let's assume he does. Um, so then, I would literally find everyone who has the sex curse, and I will kill them. How would and you know I, who? You don't know who's who. They're gonna tell you. That's what you got to do. You got to find out who. And that's the best way to do it. You know what? You know <laughs> what I'm gonna do? I'm gonna. I'm gonna if, if it was me. I'm going to infect someone you're with and let you have the curse. <laughs> then you could end yourself. 
Well, like it's you're 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 what you're dancing fuck? around the problem. And after that, I'm, I'm going to the prime minister. I'm finding a solution. After you're, you're done and out of the way and not obstructionist, I'm going to go to the prime minister yeah. and get things done. You're all you're doing is letting this demon walk around the world, and can't my solution it, will stop it. So. It's but we don't know if it'll stop it. Yeah, and here's the thing: gonna, what if there's yeah. more than one demon? What yeah. if this? Yeah, like we're anyway. Well, we'll, we'll kill everyone who's infected. Just you want to kill the world? I want to save the world. I'm my, the hero my way the would You're save the, the world. Yours you, would no. Yours would create a complicated system where every once in a while someone would it. die. No, more people, die. more people no. would end up dying from yours than mine. No way. It's tracked. Absolutely. It's tracked. It's it's regulated as government tax. You get a yeah. salary. You're you're on Demon Watch. You're a celebrity. Everybody's like, oh man, that guy took one for the team. What a or a girl <laughs> or a lady that they took one for the team. Man, what a great person. You're a hero. That demon's just walking around. It gets nothing. It's just con- it, it gets to the airport. It's like, oh, finally, I'm gonna get to kill this person because that's my my instinct. Mm-hmm. And then it's gonna see a plane fly off, and it's gonna sigh, and but have like, to walk back across like, the country. I don't, is this this demon's not a moron? He's gonna do other stuff. No, like, it he's, doesn't. He's gonna find a way around your your little plan. No, the only thing I the think, demon does I the whole movie no. that that it, that almost broke the movie for me was he was standing on the roof watching as they drove away. I have. It, Theories for this, though, and I okay, think... Okay, let's hear it. Sorry, you can no, continue go ahead. explaining that well, part. Sorry, well, the reason why I hate it is because the demon just follows you everywhere. It never stops following you. It just walks towards you no matter what. It's not fucking playing mind games. It's not like you walk by and there's a newspaper, and then you it puts the newspaper down and gets up and follows you. <laughs> <laughs> it's, con- it's constantly following you. So at this part in the movie, they're in the house, and they're, like, talking because it's been a while since they see the demon. And then they get in the car and like, oh, blah, blah, blah. I'm so sad. All right, let's drive away. And as they drive away, you see a naked dude standing on the roof. So unless that naked dude is actually not the demon, it has nothing to do with the story. Why is it just standing on the roof, like, posing? Is, is he always naked? No. No, it can, it can be clothed. It, can, it, it can be naked, though. There's different. Anyway. And it can it can change the shape so it's like a kid if it needs to get through a tight space or a giant thing if it needs to break through windows and shit. Yeah. Um, my theory behind that is that because at the beginning when he passes it on, he says it's slow, but it's not stupid. So my theory is that it was on the roof because at the beginning when she gets out of her house, she runs, she like escapes through, she has like a patio door, like to to her room. Um, and then she jumps off of that and then takes some kid's bike and then bikes away because she's scared of it. So my thing is instead of it going through like the front door, or yeah. crashing and getting through the front door because her like they the things like the people can't see it, but like it would be kind of weird, you know, if you were just chilling out in your kitchen and then like mm-hmm. you know a rock comes flying through or whatever, or like you know people would be on alert at that point. So I think what the demon was trying to do was get in another way quietly so that it could get her. You know what I mean? Why, why didn't it drop down from the roof instantly and try to get them in the car? Because well, maybe it looked at the car and it was like, shit, I just went through all this fucking trouble to get on the roof and now you're fucking off in a car. So. It could have just fell on the car and then instantly heal and then attack them. That yeah. is a shitty demon right there. It's a shitty demon. I'm yeah. just saying, he, doesn't, he doesn't really put much effort into it if he just walks. No, he's like, not. He walks He literally breaks. cannot run. Or, like, no, no, it can't run. It can't I run. I mean, yeah, we haven't seen much of what it can do other than well. I feel I feel like this demon is cursed. It can get <laughs> up. It can get up from being shot in the head. Yeah. Well, it's, yeah. It's like immediately. But it can be knocked down. So there's some. Is this a foreign film or? No, it's like I think it was an indie film that yeah. did really it's, well. It's, it's pretty good. Uh, and all, <laughs> like as far as the stupid premise and the uh, that dude standing on the roof part, it's actually a pretty decent movie. It's not like yeah. Bye Bye Man, Bye Bye Man, <laughs> which is the, is just um, dumb. 
the the soundtrack was uh, Creepy Tron. It sounds oh yeah, it's weird, yeah. man. It's like Stranger <laughs> Things a little bit. Also a great show. There you go. Should we go to the topic? I think so. Oh shit! Yeah. Uh, yeah. Up next, our topic. So it's Rhythm Month, my month, greatest month. Uh, we're not going to talk about a rhythm game specifically this week. We're going to talk about video game music that's moved us in some way, uh, usually in context of the game. It doesn't have to be. You don't have to have a scene in the game. But sometimes there's like, we, well, we all play games that usually have story and like cinematic moments and stuff. Mm-hmm. So that could be a reason why Sage didn't really want to do this episode with us. He doesn't <laughs> play a lot of those games. Um, but... Yeah, so like we talk about music on and off on the show a lot. Favorite tracks, uh, mu- mu- music that we just like and whatnot. So, you know, it's a it's a topic that's going to come up again and again because you can know, you can talk about video game music a lot because there's so much to talk about. Cause it's a really important part of of the uh, whole game experience. Which maybe you could argue, well, it's multimedia. Shouldn't the game just be itself? Does it need to have music in it? Does that isn't that borrowing from music? <laughs> I'm just teasing at this point. Uh, so, uh, I guess I can kick things off. With, are you guys ready for this? Yes. Are you ready to start the segment? Mm-hmm. A little hype? Woo! Left? Woo! There we go. <laughs> so uh, I'm going to start with Last Guardian. Which is a game I've talked about a lot all year because I love it. It's my top five somewhere. Um, and I'm going to talk about the battle theme. Which is weird because a battle theme, you know, moves me in the sense I get pumped usually and I'm excited. But the the last Guardian battle theme, which is called Victorious, uh, moves me, actually moves me. Like, I I can still listen to it now and feel like the the leftover emotion that I had from the game. And the reason why I chose Victorious is because I've talked, I've mentioned a little bit before, but not with the music in the background. So now you can actually hear it. And And I'll try to avoid any major spoilers because I know you guys haven't finished it. Uh, and there might be people out there who want to play it, but when you play this game and you get to the first battle, you're very confused with what's going on. You're, you're, this, you're this little wimpy kid, uh, and you're just a giant monster, and there's these statues attacking you, and you can't hurt them because they'll grab you. These statues will grab you and start pulling you to this door, and you don't want to go in the door because it's a game over. So you're kind of running, and, and you can't do much. And Trico's kind of like crazy monster mode at this point. Like he he's freaked out by the statues because they're like producing waves or some shit. But he's still kind of on your side, so he's like, oh, he'll attack the statues a little bit here and there. So you're kind of watching this giant monster destroy stuff while you're helplessly running around. And and the music is kind of like, I don't know, almost inspirational. It's not like crazy, like fast boss music or anything like that. It's this kind of like epic score that's playing as you're as you're battling these or trying to battle these these mechanical stone statue men. And um, I don't know, the music has kind of a sense of anxiety to it, but also a sense of inspiration, like I said. So as the game goes, though, every time you get into a battle with these statues, because they're like the, aside from boss fights, they're like the constant enemy throughout the game. But I say constant, but I'm talking like every hour or every two hours you might have an encounter with them. It's not like this game doesn't have, it's not heavy on battles. But every time you have it, you there's this kind of slight... You start doing more each time you fight, and you, and you start because as the game grows and Trico and your bond grow, he starts to change and your character starts to change. But not only that, mechanically it starts to change because you start to participate more and more in the battles. And by the end of the game, 
as the battle theme is playing it again, I remember thinking to myself, like, holy shit, I'm like, I'm running around and I'm, I'm checking into these things and I'm, and I'm participating and I'm trying to help and I'm using, you know, whatever special abilities you might have at that point. And it's just an incredible sense of, it just, it, when that music plays, it just kind of cements where you're standing in the game and it, and it gives you a visual and an audio, uh, I don't know, like check of, of, of how you've progressed. And I, I just found it to be a very powerful mechanic and probably one of my favorite terms of character and game growth in any medium that I've seen. Because it's just when you're fighting side to side, side by side with Trico or, or on him in the case or whatever, versus the beginning of the game where you're running and trying just not to die and watching as this thing goes crazy. It's just it just cements it. And that battle theme stays constant the whole way through. And I don't know, you just kind of grow with the theme, if that makes any sense. I love it. Also, the ending theme in the uh, game really moves me still. Uh, but, you know, with context, it's a really beautiful ending. But yeah, it's great. I love it. Great game. Uh fucking awesome there we go who wants to go next left did you want to go next it doesn't matter i can go if you want you can go go ahead so it's a game that i talked about a little bit um it's a little obscure it's called advent rising do you remember talking <gasps> about advent rising i um, i didn't but uh, but the guy who does uh, the head of video games live tommy tellerico i think he did the music for that game yeah exactly and it, it, the 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 whole game has amazing music from start to finish mm-hmm. um but in particular it's the closing the cr- the theme that plays during the credits right um is that what just whenever i thought of this topic is what i, what I thought about and it's kind of funny because i literally have not heard the song for over a decade and it was still one of the first things that came to my mind because the game itself is really cool it's kind of this like sci-fi action game and it's it's very mass effect like in kind of how the game goes on because it's like humans trying to find where they belong in this intergalactic civilization thing that they're a part of now kind mm-hmm. of thing Um, so it kind of has that similar thing going on, and uh, so it, it's all about that. And then I don't remember the exact ending of the game, but it, and they were supposed to do more, but unfortunately the whole thing was was put off after this. The first one was super glitchy and uh, got just destroyed by critics, so they never continued on with the trilogy as they planned. So it had a big cliffhanger moment, and then it, the credits kind of start rolling, and they have the song playing. It's just called Greater Lights, and it's just so it, it's got like this. It's like a vocal, there's like a music track with a singer and it's just so so good um uh, i totally recommend people to check it out because it's just hmm. it's just a really really good song and i remember whenever i beat the game i was just so like oh man what a crazy ending and then the music started playing i just kind of sat there and then listening to the music and then you know going over the whole story that j- just went through in the game it was a really fun experience um and uh, just kind of the soothing sounds of the music kind of just really let me take in my whole gaming experience and it was a really cool thing to do especially as a kid because that's never really happened to me before where like I just kind of like decompressed with the music and just like thought back of the whole thing it was great I really liked it and uh, I recommend checking out the song sounds awesome to me maybe and, even the whole and soundtrack you're, you're checking out the song right now probably uh yeah because Shelby's editing so uh yeah. she she's gonna put that music in Shelby loves that music yes R- right Shelves what you love that music. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> You're up, Shelbo. What moved you? 
Um, okay, so the first one I have that I want to talk about is mm-hmm. um, Okami. Okami. Um, it's been a while, so just kind of bear with me. But I think, like in the game, like you mm-hmm. start out, you're playing as uh, the wolf, the white wolf, wolf, and I think your name is uh, um, Sarah. <laughs> Let's just call her Sarah. No, it's uh, Amaterasu. Um, oh, which, oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I think it's Amaterasu. Yeah, yeah, I know what you're talking about. I can't remember the spelling. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so in the game, there's this stupid demon called Orochi, I think. And mm-hmm. goddamn. Anyway, so basically the whole <laughs> land gets covered in evil. Yeah. Uh, and the whole goal of it is to, you're, you're trying to revive these, like, guardian, they're called guardian saplings or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you're also beating like evil bosses and once you restore these guardian saplings like the evil gets like dispelled and then the whole uh area that surrounds that sapling uh gets like purified i guess i don't even know how to how to describe the process but anyway um that's th- those are that's the part of the game that i liked the most just because i don't know what it is but i like seeing things like transform really like fast like kind of like in a montage with like really nice music yeah like anytime you see like if there's uh if there's a movie where they like let's say fix an old clubhouse or like renovate a thing and then it's got like all this happy music everybody's happy you mean a montage and then it looks what you mean a montage isn't that what i said she, she said the, she Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't hear it. I, I oh. apologize, Shelby. Yes, sorry. Please go ahead. When you started describing what it was, I was like, did I miss something? I, I didn't. Okay, <laughs> no, my bad. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. All good, all good. Um, but yeah, I like those parts of movies uh, yeah. and in games and stuff. And so seeing it, I was like, oh man, this is awesome. And the music was really pretty too. And it was just everything just got really awesome and good looking. And the cell shading graphics were great and blah, blah, blah. But anyway, the music is fantastic. Um, <laughs> So yeah, uh, I like the the music because there's two different kinds of music or tracks that play. The first one is is good, but the the second one that plays, I think it starts for when you do the third and fourth sapling, mm-hmm. uh, and those ones I like the most just because the areas that are around them had water. So like at one point the camera pans down and it's following the water as it's going from like this gross like murky whatever to just like all these crazy blue waves and it's just cute and and really pretty. So yeah, it's awesome. Yeah, man. All right, so next one uh, for me will be one that's not going to surprise anybody who plays RPGs. Um, I will try to avoid spoilers because Seiji says that he will play the game someday, uh, and I don't want to spoil like a main. And he knows that he's like a pristine, like I don't know, like a like a like a diamond that's been hidden away from the world who doesn't know anything about games outside of Nintendo. Doesn't know any spoilers from FF7. I don't know how that's possible. But, yeah, I don't know either. That's crazy. But he like, doesn't, I so and yeah. I don't want to ruin it for him. So, FF7, um, Aerith's theme is one of my f- most emotional themes from that game. Everybody knows what I'm talking about who knows the game. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, don't look it up. Play the game instead. It's amazing. Or wait for the remake that will come out in like ten, seven, eight years. Um, when I, I mean, you, first, I don't think that's the first time you experience the theme, but at the end of the first disc of the game, something big happens. And uh, as I've mentioned, I've told the story in a show many times, of course, that I lost the the fight that came after, 
and had to replay it again and it, it would like killed me the first time i think that's the very first time i ever cried in a video game uh was during that pivotal moment and when that theme started playing and i and i, I remember <laughs> i remember back 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 then it was dial up for me um mm -hmm. so i remember downloading that song and it took like <laughs> two days off like Jesus. some shitty like uh, I can't remember what there used to be like <clears throat> things like Napster and, and all that crap I don't remember Lime, what it was uh, yeah some, yes I don't, I don't even know Bear Share but anyways yeah something like that I remember downloading it, it just took forever to get it but uh yeah and I used to listen to that fucking song that and, and uh, One Winged Angel <laughs> unlike One Winged Angel though I'm not sick of their steam I can still listen to it and enjoy it and but yeah like there's a lot of emotion with that and then everybody who's played it knows exactly what I'm talking about I mean especially when you're I played that when I was like 14 so I don't know I was more prone to care about things. <laughs> but, um... Yeah, it, it's just a really, it's a really good scene, and I really, I'm, I'm kind of curious to what's going to happen in the new game, how they're going to handle that. Like, are they going to find a way to make it more emotional when they do it? Um, but there's, since then, there's been, there's two versions of the song that I'd like to mention. There's the orchestrated theme that I don't remember when Square did it, but they're, and I'm pretty sure they did it, but just a orchestra version, which sounds really good. Orchestral? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then there's also a vocal version. I think the singer is called Ricky. Um, or Riki or something like that. And uh, yeah, the vocal version, I think it's called Pure Hearts, and it's also really good. I used to listen to that in like grade 12. Um, but yeah, that, that, it's just, that, that always stuck with me. And, and I think for like the first year after that game, I still felt emotions when I listened to that song. And I re-listened to it the other day, and yeah, it still holds up. And from that same game, just to throw it in there, is uh, the, the theme Holding Your Thoughts Inside of Your Heart, uh, which I know I've mentioned before on the show. It's just a really so soothing song. I think I think I, I flock to two things when it comes to game music, and that's upbeat and soothing. And uh, those those two those these two are more soothing, or melancholy in the case of Air's theme, I guess. But yeah. Oh, and one, and just a few other honorable mentions from Seven: Highwind's theme, awesome, and Farm Boy, which uh, I always I always get emotional feelings with Farm Boy as well for some reason. There's something about that I don't know. Like Seven is one of my most nostalgic video games, so I I think a lot of the music evokes certain emotions in me that. Just from the, when I played it and how many times I played it and what the game means to me. So, yeah. Bam. Bam. So, I'm up again? Of course. That's the order. So, you, you said you like kind of soothing and stuff like that. This is going to be polar opposite. <laughs> um, so, this is... Uh, so, for me, one of the greatest... Especially songs. One of my favorite game moments of all time was uh, pl beating Titan in hard mode, specifically in Final Fantasy XIV. Um, and part of the reason is because the music was just so awesome and amazing. I have that um, music on my phone. It is great. It, yeah, I'm glad. <laughs> it's really, it's pretty long. Um, the whole song, but. The the music and I wouldn't be surprised if it was like the same guys that did the Frieza song um, who did this because it's it's kind of sounds similar just like it's very heavy and it's just it's so awesome um, so 
the reason why I loved this fight so much is because when I was I was playing Final Fantasy fourteen with with some friends of mine, and so Titan Hard Mode it's an eight man boss fight whenever you fight them, and I was the only only use one tank in the Titan fight, and I was I was the tank, and so the way the fight worked out, and this was hard mode, and this was also the hardest fight in the whole game at the time um, when the game was launched, anyways, and so when you once you beat them in hard mode is when you get your legendary weapon. So what was going on is that I was at the end of my legendary weapon quest. Like I just gotta be tight and hard mode, the hardest fight in the game. So I was I was gonna tackle it with my two friends or three friends, sorry, and then four randos. And um, <laughs> so the way the way the fight ended up going is so it's, it's very difficult in the in the the uh, you're fighting on a big platform and then throughout the fight he like gets rid of a little bit of it and so your the platform shrinks and shrinks and shrinks. Um, and then what ended up happening is it was just myself as the tank, my good friend uh, who was the healer, and then just one rando left. And he was at like 2% health. And we were just going nuts. And the music was just blaring. There's like crazy drums and screaming going on. And it was just like, ah. And I was just like <laughs> losing it because I was just like, the music was overwhelming me. We were, he was down to 2% with only three of us alive. And we were just pushing on. And then what ends up happening is he pushed me off the edge. Oh, no. And I was, I was, I got up. I was going to throw my keyboard across the room. <laughs> I was so mad. Um, but luckily, as I was falling to my death, my, my healer friend and our random damage dealer ended up finishing him okay. um, so basically as I landed and fell to my death the cinematics I was playing of him dying and then I refrained from throwing my keyboard nice. um, so it was the whole experience it was one of my f fondest gaming memories um, and the music really really set it apart um, and I want to talk a long time here because the music is so good and I just want to keep listening to it whenever I listen to the episode. Um, it's, it's so great and uh, yeah, it's just, it's so, it's, it's kind of like this like crazy Final Fantasy metal. Um, awesome. I love it. I can't wait it's to hear really it. It's really good. Yeah. Well, it's in theater rhythm actually. So. Is it really? Yeah. Is it DLC? It's, I don't remember. That. I don't remember. No, I no. It in a while. It's what's it called? Under the weight, I believe, is what it is. It's only part of it because the, the whole song is like twenty minutes. <laughs> Can um, we just mention? Sorry, I didn't mean to yeah. interrupt. Well, can no, you just, no. I just want to mention like. There's so many fucking good and memorable tracks from the Final Fantasy series. Yeah, like people can say yeah. whatever they want about about it, but every every single game has good music. From thirteen, the Mystic Quest. Mystic Quest is like renowned, renowned. It's, it's famous for its good themes yeah. and stuff. So, since we're just talking about it, honorable mentions. I just want to throw out basically most of Final Fantasy six. How about um, every Final Fantasy? Yeah, but in particular, there's a few things in six I want to mention. Since we're doing this now, so yeah. honorable mentions: uh, top one, Dancing Mad for Fighting no, Kefka. Love, it. I know you don't. Battle. It's it's amazing. Um, second one, the opera house music. Not like whenever Celeste is singing, but when you're actually like fighting in the rafters and stuff like that. <laughs> but also that part. And then the last Final Fantasy six shoutout that I'm gonna do is um, when you uh, what's it called? Devil's Lab. Whenever you oh, find like Shiva, yeah, and yeah, Ifrit, that one's and good. Kind of all like the mechanical noises. Yeah, going that's on. that's such a good one. There's an amazing. I remember an amazing remix of that on OCR way, way back in the day. Love that one. So just Final Fantasy six all around. But I just wanted to point whoa, those whoa, whoa, one second. I want to throw in some sick stuff here go, too. Go for yeah. it. Go Terra, for it. Terra Steam, Forever Rachel, uh, obviously Decisive Battle. Um, those those three always stood out to me as great. And then also, uh, what's what's the uh the that melancholy song that plays in Narsh? I don't think it's called Narsh's theme, but that very oh. op that early music is super yeah. good too. 
it sets the mood. It makes you feel isolated and far away from everything. It's cold sounding and you're in the mountains. Oh, it's so the music in, in six is just spot on. Like, I think maybe six is my second or third favorite soundtrack in Final Fantasy. I don't know. It's really, really good. Yeah. yeah. Well, I'm okay. I can't add all the Final Fantasy sixes <laughs> we just talked about, but I'll try to add. It's fine. It's all it's all really good stuff. Shelby, what about just you? Just keep What's playing another? the Final Fantasy fourteen music. <laughs> That's all we need. It's so good. Uh, this one, I just for the ones that I picked, um, I wanted to do like soundtracks that I don't talk about a lot. Yeah. Because everybody's heard, like, oh, Final Fantasy's great. And that, and that's not, like, I'm not just shitting on what you guys just said. But, okay. uh, you know, um, I always talk about Phoenix Wright. I was, you know, I have, yeah. like, the same games that I always talk about. And the and soundtracks are great, whatever. But uh, this one was just, it was, a, it was a small moment, but I remember it. Uh, I was playing Red Dead Redemption. Um, <laughs> nice. It's, it's, a, it's a great game. Mm-hmm. I love it. Uh, which is basically... Grand Theft Auto Cowboys, um, but anyway, uh, I was playing it, I can't remember when, I got it in a sale, and it was a couple years after it had come out, and I got the Game of the Year edition with, like, the zombie stuff, like, everything was all together, and I wasn't playing the zombie part, but, uh, I was at the point where you first go into Mexico for the first time, mm-hmm. and there's a song, just a track that plays, because I think in the game at this point you're following a dude there, uh, and it's a, a song with lyrics, and I wasn't expecting it. Uh, but just as I was coming over this hill, and then this song just starts blaring, I'm like, oh my god, this is amazing. Like, it's such an, I felt like it was such an underrated thing, because, I don't know, it was my favorite part. And everybody always talks about these different favorite parts of Red Dead that they, that they love, and it's never that. It's, I don't know. That's awesome. It's, it's good. But I'm probably not even going to be able to add it, because there's lyrics, so... Well, oh, you can add it. It's fine. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm sure it's video game music. I don't, I don't know. Um, and I have some honorable mentions just because we don't go have... Ahead. Yeah. I think we're at like an hour now. But anyway, um, the whole soundtrack for Halo 3 ODST. Of course. Is freaking good i don't know i love it it's it's not as like uh i guess expansive as like the other games the maps mm. feel a lot smaller you're always kind of stuck like you, you follow basically the the rookie um and then at the beginning you're on a mission everybody gets like separated from each other like you're separated from your team leader and like the rest and blah 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 and it's always him and then you'll play a mission as him going through like this city it's at night and you're following what your teammates did so you'll find clues that they left behind like I think the first thing that you find is a helmet yeah that's stuck inside of like a wall or something because this person I'm assuming just got totally wrecked and then the helmet flew at such a you know speed that it got stuck in the wall or whatever but there's that uh you find like this weird canister thing that um, also, you get to play the missions as the teammates, too, um, because you, it, it shows you what happened there to, you know, for when the rookie finds it, like, it's not like a mystery, I guess. Mm. Uh, it shows you what happens. Um, but anyway, it's it's good stuff. It's awesome. Uh, it's Yeah, and it's it's kind of like jazzy, I guess, but it's it's instrumental and anyway. So I have one more to mention then, and then a few honorable mentions. 
Um, I'm going to pick one that I haven't talked about as much, so I'm going to actually skip Chrono Cross. So honorable mention, Chrono Cross, it's pretty much everything in the game. Time Scar was what I was going to pick. But I'm actually going to pick an intro for another PlayStation 1 game. And I didn't beat this game. I played a lot of a lot of it, and I liked it, but I don't know. I never It never stuck with me. But the intro, uh, which is the intro to Breath of Fire 4 and its opening music, is... It's incredible. I love it. I don't know what it is. It's maybe it's inspirational music that I like, but it's like it has this like, like it is. I don't know. It it's hard not to sound. It's hard not to sound like I'm talking about wine or something. It has an oaky taste, but it's like it just has something. It makes you want to play the game. It, it has like this kind of inviting or like, you know, explorationary. It's not even a word. It makes me feel like I want to play this game and explore what it has because there's something about that that soundtrack, that theme that makes me want to discover the world. I really, really, really love the music. I still listen to it, up to and including today, and still feel really, like, I don't know, good when I listen to it. So, some honorable mentions, and maybe people who are listening to this episode who like video game music maybe want to check out some of the stuff that we've recommended, but uh, it's kind of interesting, too, to see where we differ, or what kind of stuff, like, there's obviously there's parts where we overlap, where we all like music that's similar, but there's also parts where we all differ with their music, so some of these, these stuff might be not everybody's cup of tea, but that's cool. Um, so from Xenogears, the sound, the uh, over the overworld theme, emotion is really good. And there's um there's a there was a vocal soundtrack to someone like I think Square did it, but there's vocal covers to a lot of the the uh, songs in in Xenogears. So, yeah, and my favorite one is called Stars of Tears, which I'm pretty sure is emotions, but with more emotion in it uh and it's really really good and there's lunar 2 which had lucius theme galleon's theme song called desire which is just uh, background music which is really good uh katamari damasi everlasting love is one of my favorite as well as uh rolling star and um no is there lonely star uh, maybe there's both yes thank you uh and then the main theme and then there's this is from Sonic. Let's throw some Sonic stuff in there. There's the supersonic theme, which is awesome. It's very uh, nostalgic for me. And then the skill shop music, which is really good. And then there's a song called from Loco Roco, which is called like Da Dee Da Do Da 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 or something like that. It's like some fucking weird name. Love it. Uh, Zeno Saga. There's a uh, sound. There's a track called Pain, which I really enjoyed. And the Final Fantasy Tactics has, has its ending theme. It's like, kind of like Left Story with Advent Rising. Very similar with me. Really, really like that theme, and it kind of just cemented the whole experience for me. And, and yeah, uh, also Breezy and Fisherman's Horizon from FF8. And yeah, those are some of my honorable mentions. That's a lot of honorable mentions. <laughs> a lot of great music out there. And I like how at the start it was like, hey, let's each bring two. And it's like, I, I said three. <sighs> and I always stuck with three. Okay. But then I, but these are honorable mentions. You don't have yes. to put anything with any music with them. You can just put nothing, nothing at all. Just here we go, honorable mentions. Uh, right, so la- you have any? La- yeah, yeah. My yeah. last one here. So I went with a Dark Souls song or a nice. track from Dark Souls because it just it fits so well. Um, so and specifically the music that plays when you fight Aldrich, Devourer of God. <laughs> Dark Souls 3, because mm-hmm. um, the uh, the character design of Aldrich is just 
amazing in my opinion because it's just like this very like fine fair kind of beautiful looking i think it's a man but it's hard to tell to be honest mm-hmm. um and it's like it's, it's the top and then like at its waist is just this like writhing black mass of smoke and tentacles kind of thing and he's just like he's really really cool looking because he's like beautiful and hideous all in one um yeah. so he's, he's a really cool character so i really dig it and the music just kind of mirrors that really well it kind of has this like creepy like violin stuff going on and it has like kind of that you know old kind of chanting style just very creepy and you know just disturbing and it just it fits really really well with the with the character um big fan of a lot of the dark souls music does is 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 very typical you know it's all you know it's kind of what you would expect but this this with the design of the character and the creepiness of the song played really really well together um and i just really liked it a lot it was really cool it just worked perfectly well sounds haunting i'll never i'll never know because i'll never play any of the dark souls game never never (laughs) not foreshadowing at all Uh, all right. Did you have anything else to say? Any other things you guys want to mention? Are we good? What's going on? Shelves? You got another one? Nope. We done? We done. All right. Cool. So, um, Shelby, we had a good episode this week, didn't we? A lot of good times. A little good fun. Yeah. It's going to be a lot of work, but it'll be good. I have a quote to read from, from uh, at a Latina lawyer. In my note for BB, I always record a time at which she drops the first shut the fuck up to Rob. <laughs> Makes my day every time. Guess what, Diego? denied i was nice all episode so that wouldn't happen so that you wouldn't get it i specifically went out of my way to be extra positive and kind so you wouldn't get your little your little joy so so good so good you don't get it um so we don't talk about cartridge club but cartridgeclub.org is a website full of people who love games and uh gaming community and yeah it's good people bonusbarrel.com doesn't exist so I don't know why I mentioned it but Twitter Twitter still <laughs> exists so you can find us there um, yeah so if you, oh please tweet some of your favorite tracks I, I would love to hear uh, what other people like for video yeah. games I, I, I would would check it out also if anybody has any theories or any uh, other ways to handle the it follows demon <laughs> please tweet or, or use the message board to give me what you think yeah. <laughs> it can be handled, and we'll, we'll happily read it next episode. We should make a different thread, not just for the episode, but just a thread that says how to deal with the It Follows Demon. <laughs> if, we had enough inf- just, yeah. <laughs> if we had enough people who were interested, I would happily do that, and I would happily address all oh, of them. I'm going to do it. I'm do all right. It. Okay. You do, do, it. <laughs> do, you think, do you think Left's great idea of just killing everyone, or my mm-hmm. awesome idea about seducing world leaders is the way to go? <laughs> Both, free both are so practical. <laughs> they're so they're, they're great ideas, and I think that I'm up for the job if it comes to seducing world leaders. Once I starting with I'm Rob from from Bonus Barrel, they're like shit, man. <laughs> I'm ready to go. That's what would happen. Uh, yeah, so I had a fun episode. I hope you all enjoyed it. So thank you for listening. This is Humberto and Shelby. Left. Enjoy your day. <laughs> <laughs>